This is Betsy Jensen, and you are listening to Unstoppable Body and Mind, Episode 45, The Science of Well-Being with Eva. In this podcast, we learn to upgrade our brain and understand the power of our thoughts to heal and to create the results we want in our life. Become the person in control of your healing and make peace with your life. Become unstoppable, body and mind. All right, everyone, welcome. Today on the show, we have Eva, who is joining me because I saw that she had attended a course virtually through Yale, and it was about well-being and habits that you can form. I'll, I'll have her tell more about it, but first I want Eva, welcome. <laughs> and um, Glad to be here. Um, and could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to taking this course? Yes, sure. So this um, kind of came up uh, at the beginning of the pandemic and there was so much going on. The world was kind of freaking out and my dad had uh, terminal cancer. And so you know, we had plane tickets to go see my family. And so there were so many things that I felt like were just going to not work out. And um, doing the work I do, yoga, and really trying really to focus on my mental health and mental health of those I teach and those around me, I wanted to take this time that technically could be a time of stress and depression, despair, uncertainty, definitely, and makes the best of it, right? Like the goal is to make the best of every situation. So. I saw that Yale was offering a course called the Science of Well-Being, and uh, there was an option to audit it or to take the certification course. And I thought, well, if I do it, I can as well do the homework. I can as well take the real thing. So I signed up, and it's an online course, basically scientifically proven strategies to improve your quality of life and to improve your happiness. That's so, so it cool. was, yeah. So, to Yale, how does this work? You want to take it and you want to commit to it for 10 yeah. weeks, then you do it. How many weeks? 10? 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. 10 weeks. Okay. That's the only course. And it's basically commitment. If you want to commit to the work, and the work was kind of hard in a way, yes, you study and you read research and you watch the lectures from the professor uh, Santos. She's wonderful. Lori Santos. Santos is amazing. She's a person that I like, she has a podcast too. And oh, she is- What's her podcast? Um, the Happiness Podcast, Podcast. I think that's what it's called. I feel like she, I've heard of that. Yes, she is kind of a big deal in the, in the way that she is a psychology professor at Yale. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a whole uh, department of positive psychology, mm-hmm. which I'm really interested in and I, I was drawn to it and so the course seemed a logical step for me to take. And uh, anything with science and, right. and emotions in the same. Right. The thing is, I've always been interested in the subject, but I feel there is so much sometimes stereotype attached to it, like a hippie kind of thing, right? Oh, but yeah. it's right. I'm a yoga teacher, right? Of course, I'm going to say meditation is important, right? Oh, science. There are the hard facts. Yes. In studies support this claim. So that's what I liked. It was all scientifically supported. It's gone through the process, the scientific process. 
So one of the uh, first things that actually uh, addressed at the beginning of the pandemic, and it wasn't intentional because this course has been at Yale for a long time, mm. is actually one of the most taken courses at Yale. It's the most popular course at Yale. Oh, wow. And so- um, Good, I think everyone, it should be required for like yes. humanity probably. Yes. So PNI, psychoneuroimmunology, one of the first concepts introduced, which is the effect of the mind um, on the body. It's the connection of the mind and body. And actually it's a study now. It is a study of the effect of our thoughts, our attitudes towards our health. Yeah, like psycho it, neuroimmunology, yeah. like our yeah. Yeah. It, it affects our immune system. Exactly. So first concept is savoring. Uh, which is really closely connected to gratitude, which means basically savoring is noticing a moment. You can call that being mindful, right? Being if you present, yeah. Being mindful, being yeah. aware. Yeah. It's reviewing and appreciating something that has happened or is happening right now yeah. without the need of move, moving on to the next thing. Yeah. So... Right, so I took the course at the beginning of spring and I started to anxiety coming, you know, from the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father was dying and eventually he died as I was taking the course, mm -hmm. which was crucial. Oh, I bet. It was crucial I was taking it in this moment of oh. losing it. Oh, well, my condolences and blessing to have that opportunity to, to go. I don't believe in coincidences. So it worked out just perfectly. Yes. Um, yes. Experiencing the loss throughout this mm. was life-changing. So mm. from basically nurturing the habitual gratitude within yourself, mm -hmm. Starting from saying thank you, um, thank you. Waking up first thing in the morning, okay, thank you for this breath. Go into yourself saying thank you. Go into yourself, exactly. And developing uh, eventually throughout the process of gratitude, a state of mind where you see everything that happens as an opportunity for growth. Wow. Yeah. Because whatever happens, you could see different ways. Right. Seeing, uh, allowing yourself to not knowing in the moment what this, mm -hmm. what this is for, but trusting the process that throughout the time, you will see why this thing had to happen at a specific time. Right. So the habitual gratitude and savoring were the first concepts introduced. The professor Santos, she um, introduces this fun, um, fun thing called the annoying features of our mind. And there are a few of them mm -hmm. that sabotage our happiness. Yes. And this is well, stuff because we have a human brain, right? It's not exactly. people that are weak or people that aren't as evolved. I mean, this is how we've evolved. This is how our, our monkey brains Our monkey brain. Yes. Mm -hmm. And understanding it is so helpful, right? Just so that exactly. we we're mm -hmm. not alone. We're not broken. Nothing is wrong. We, we have these, this basic brain and then we can. Yeah. And one of the most annoying features is that our so often our strongest intuitions are wrong because oh, it's our monkey mm -hmm, 
just let's yeah wait <laughs> we feel that something is an intuition but the oh, intuition okay. comes from thoughts that come into our mind from our monkey brain that came from our culture they came from our past experiences from our trauma our interpretation yeah. of trauma so that's called the monkey brain and we call that our intuition oh i feel like it's this yeah. but do we really in yoga, it's called vritti. It's the it's the constant noise in our mind. Mm, that right? chatter. Yes, exactly. And throughout this course, you receive tools to change your perspectives of what intuition is. Can mm. you the perspectives on um, what really is important to you as a human, mm-hmm. scientifically proven, and how to quiet the monkey brain. And you probably have an idea how that's done because it's also proven scientifically. So, yeah. And it's so interesting because so many things overlap, right? Like there's some basic fundamentals that you're like, oh, I've heard this before. Mm -hmm. Quieting the mind helps, you know. Right. I've heard that before. Care of the body helps. (laughs) Right. Exactly. One of the uh, weeks was focused on exercise and setting goals and and again, scientifically proven, proving the benefits of exercise, which has been done so many times. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yes, exactly. So most of the goals we humans think are important to us really are not important, right? Mm-hmm. Getting the bigger house, getting getting uh, more expensive clothes. You need to get that Gucci belt, right? Then you'll and feel happy, right? There's a th- thing introduced in the co- in the course called the durability bias we think that certain things will make us happy for a long time, mm-hmm. whether it's material things yeah. or the really, really good things like finding the right match, finding the love of your life. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's proven. Within a year and a half, you get back to baseline. When it comes to actually um, material things, mm-hmm. materialists have scientifically been proven to be less happy and are more prone to depression. More prone to depression. Mm-hmm. More prone to depression. Collecting things leads to depression. And um, how empty it is more. But it's the same with everything, like compulsive eating and right. You know, exactly. Avoid oh. your trying to fill. We can talk for hours. I want to talk about so many things in this. I really think we could. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, so, I'll try to be quiet and let you talk then. <laughs> right. Even when it comes to negative events, like death of a loved one we have this bias durability bias in our brain we think if this person who is the closest to us dies now think right Mm -hmm. i will be destroyed forever yeah like how will i ever right go on we think that certain events will impact us for much longer than they actually do whether they are really positive or very negative that eventually most of humans pretty much are kind of happy. Mm-hmm. They're kind of on the baseline and they're kind of pretty okay. Mm-hmm. They're pretty happy. Mm-hmm. And even after a really traumatic experiences, um, we eventually kind of live with that trauma, right? Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing about trauma and I understand that. We might have to do an episode just on that. <laughs> right. We work with yeah, domestic abuse. So there is trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, even trauma doesn't live in a vacuum, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. how could it? There's life happening around trauma within trauma, right? 
And so because of a feature of our mind called focalism, we focus only on that one bad thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel like our brains are programmed for that too, right? Exactly. Like, the monkey brain. Yeah. yeah. The, the fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Like always on the lookout for what exactly. Be and that focalism is another trick our mind play, plays on us, thinking that certain things are so catastrophic, catastrophic, we cannot overcome them. Mm -hmm. And that we will not again reach the baseline. We as humans, are so resilient. Mm -hmm. We as humans can survive crazy things. Look at humanity. Oh, right. Here we are, again, being able to find amazing moments, even when we have had terrible, horrible things happen to us or experienced terrible experiences. Right. And I think you talked about something when you told me about this course that was like just having that resilience within inside your within yourself, no matter what is going on. Which reminded me, by the way, of yoga, right? Like that's the right. idea is being in a very you know physically maybe uncomfortable position, but still having that internal resilience, exactly control, staying staying with it, mm -hmm. leaning into it, the presence. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So another concept, so this is the focalism and durability bias. We think certain things will, whether it's happiness yeah. or good experience or sadness, we think they will last much longer than they do. Mm -hmm. You know that saying, it does, it gets better. Mm -hmm. It does, right? Yeah, that's interesting. With the with the happiness, I talk about that a lot, where allowing pleasure is so difficult for us. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we're kind of programmed not to not to accept that happiness because then we're letting our guard down. But yes. it's good to remember the durability with the sadness too, that we're yeah. so much more resilient than we think. And I think a lot of it too is that we think that emotions are so um, powerful mm -hmm. over us and so devastating and, and will never end. And then, you know, I think just learning that you can experience emotions, which is also being present, you know, kind of feeling what they feel like in your body. And that really the worst that happens are emotions. Right, feeling is okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. feeling is okay. And accepting that as a human, you're not going to be happy all the time. Right. Accepting all the emotions, feeling through them, yeah. and also learning skills to find joy and savoring and gratitude in the most difficult experiences. Yes. Are there some certain skills then? You yes. Oh my goodness. So many skills. So one thing is our minds have this feature is they get used to good things. Right. Once, so you is right. You are in a horrible relationship. You're used to it, eventually, right? Yeah. And then you leave, and then sudden at first, oh my goodness, I am so thankful I'm out. Right. 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 And then you get used to it, and you look for something else to make you happy, yeah. right? Oh yeah, for sure. You know what that's called? That's called hedonic ad adaptation. Hedonic. We get used to it. Adapt. Hedonic adaptation. Yeah. So hedonic, like the the just pleasures of life, like hedonism. Exactly. 
you can yeah. and you get this one thing so at first maybe you want to have a stable income you get stable income maybe stable income feels like something else at first and you get there hmm, that's not really enough i really also want this yeah. and then you get used to that yeah. this is good but you know what i see our neighbor has this his house is bigger yeah i want there i really want to get there so that's one of the features of our mind that's probably something we could do without right mm -hmm. so it's attached to miswanting okay. wanting what we think is something we want but it is not really something that will make us happy mm -hmm. it's you judge by a reference point whether it's your neighbor's bigger house whether it's your neighbor's Tesla, right? It is the miswanting, the caused by hedonic adaptation yeah. of already being used to what you have and wanting more. So you just kind of realize that when you're having that desire or some jealousy that this is normal for our brain. Are there specific tips for mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Yes. So, um, Again, this is connected to impact bias. We think that having a bigger car will make you happier. We right. think that having a bigger house will make you happier, but really, will it? We have right? a brain. Right. <laughs> Even when we so, get it. It has been proven um, and backed by science that investing in experiences mm. is better and makes you happier than experiencing in things. In, uh, objects so i actually love experiences mm -hmm. i'm a sunset chaser i love sunsets oh i see a sunset i'm like this is magical and i take a picture of it because taking a picture of it yeah. allows me to talk to somebody about it i saw the best sunset and it was beautiful that's actually a process of savoring oh, tell somebody yeah. about it and I took a photo of it, yes. which makes the experience last longer. Mm. I take photos to capture experiences. Mm -hmm. And so, and I go through them all. This made me so happy when this was happening. Mm -hmm. It's bringing me happiness again. Yes, you're feeling those neurochemicals. I, I, exactly. I took a photo and took it off the experience yeah. brought me joy later too. Yeah. In really living your day as if it was your last. They say live every day as if it were your, was your last. It's true. Oh my gosh. Avoiding social comparisons, um, looking at social media, Instagram, and seeing this mom looks like this and she does this with her kids, or uh, especially for my teenage daughters, I do not want them to have Instagram to start comparing somebody else's idea of a lifestyle or image that is really not a reality, right? Uh, and the social comparison leads to less happiness. And, and actually, this is really interesting. I'm reading from my notes from the course mm -hmm. and this quote from the professor just blew my mind. Okay, I'm going to read it to you. For each hour a week of TV, TV watching, people spend an average of $4 extra in household spendings. Wow. You know, if you watch a show and if whether it's it doesn't even have to be commercials you watch some some lifestyle you watch somebody else's yeah. life that they have and you subconsciously without realizing compare 
you go on the computer and you see something an ad on Amazon, you click on it. Oh, this one. Or it suggests it to you because it's just heard your mind and saw you playing it and then it pops up to you. Oh, what a coincidence. Right? And so, so yes, just watching TV makes people spend more money. Oh my goodness. Isn't that strange? And uh, one of the other skills is spacing out good things. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, Allowing to not maybe do all the amazing things on one day, but if you space out the one thing throughout the week, then you do something amazing every day of the week. Ooh, have you been able to apply that? I'm trying to think of an example. Yes. So um, music. Um, I tend to get lost when I write music mm -hmm. and I could write for six hours in a day via the piano. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop where it feels really good. Mm. Like when you are in the flow, yeah. when can I continue tomorrow? Oh, interesting. And tomorrow also I get to do something I love doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it makes sense if you have like one piece of chocolate cake versus the whole cake. Like, you know, there can be some things that are super pleasurable and, and exciting. And then, you know, you just I mean, you can you can take the cake and you can have you can have a bite of the cake every day. Oh, that's why what I do with cookies is like, I take like a quarter, I take a little bite and then later, right? You, you actually, another little bite. it, you, you take, take a pleasurable experience and you make it last longer yes. instead of just taking the whole bag of cookies and then eating all of them. And really the pleasure comes with the first and second cookie and then it doesn't feel good. Right. Yeah. Too much, too much is not really so, what we want. We think we, we want it sometimes. Yeah. But it, a cookie isn't bad, yeah, right? A cookie possible. isn't bad. Yeah. Allowing yourself in moderation. in moderation, spacing it out, I, I feel that makes all the difference. Oh my gosh. And too, like you said, allowing yourself the pleasure because you could eat a cookie with shame and not even taste it and like not even, you know, not even enjoy it. Just be yeah. hating yourself the whole time you eat it. Different experience than if you taste it and savor it. Exactly. Savoring it. Exactly. You're present one, with it. One of the things, taking uh, that favorite food and just really allowing to smell it and taste it and mindfully experiencing the moment that you are in. Um, again, finding something. You can find something even when things are really, really hard. Right. Even if it's like, okay, I'm alive. I'm thankful for being alive. And yeah. Part of the gratitude um, uh, habits is writing in your gratitude journal, mm -hmm. finding something to be thankful for 10 minutes a day of writing down the mm -hmm. good things that happened that day. So kind of and writing like a journal. Exactly. A journal I've entry. Of different things, you know, three, th three things per day, you know, list one thing per day, probably just better. You. Yeah. Anything Stop to be thankful. And actually for me, yeah. I favor a lot um, because especially t if there is a, a post-traumatic growth, right? Often. Yes. Tell right. Us, talk more about that. Well, that's it's not from the that. course, but that's something I work with uh, women who survive domestic abuse. And uh, there's a choice. You always have a choice to stay in the victim mode or, or decide to grow. Mm -hmm. 
choices, right? Uh, of course, pain is real. Um, you can experience pain and you can continue and you can move forward mm -mm. and you can thrive. Oh, that's so interesting. So, you know, how do you do that? Do you just look for other things to occupy your mind, distract yourself? Well, actually in the course, it says diversify the things that you like to do. Mm. So don't get tired of, of a thing, explore things you love to do, experiences and create experiences you look forward to. It's not external, right? You are in charge of how I feel. No, really it's, you have to proactively, happiness is work. Yes, okay, right? It's, it's conscious work. It takes intent. It, yeah, it is, it's it's active. active. It's not passive. Right. You need to actively work towards happiness. Yeah. And it's not it's not bad work. It's I mean savoring. I'm for it. But I also when I find myself okay, I'm not feeling feeling an emotion. That's uh, I'm feeling stuff coming out from the past. Mm -hmm. uh, there's actually um, one of the things that I absolutely loved is when you feel kind of unhappy in the moment. Mm -hmm. and maybe for example you don't feel happy with your um you have a moment when you feel unhappy with your partner mm -hmm. thing you go back in time and and you say what would happen if i did not have this partner i would have been here i would have been experiencing this these were my this was my life mm -hmm. I wouldn't have felt these feelings I have right now. And um, so that's also going back in time. It's so also kind of reframing, well, maybe not reframing, kind of looking back and kind of like it's a wonderful life, <laughs> that mm -hmm. Christmas movie. Yes. So they go back and see, you know, if he hadn't have been there, how other lives would have changed or just being grateful for what you notice in exactly. the past. Exactly. Also, one of the things when we uh, talk about social comparisons, um, comparing your life to somebody else, you mm -hmm. perceive their life being better. Mm -hmm. Think, is it really? Right. Ask. There's no possible no. way, right? Is it really better? It's just really your perception. The social yeah. comparison is just a perception. We can watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I don't want their life. Right? There's there's going to be 50-50. Like I, really, I bet they're really happy and I really want them to yes. be happy. Really. Yeah. Actually, funny thing. Uh, there was a research done. Uh, it was actually done at Harvard. Um, the base, there's the happiness doesn't go higher past certain mm -hmm. income. And $75,000. What? So it starts to get slightly higher towards, you know, as you get towards $75,000 mm -hmm. income. It doesn't get much higher the higher you get. Oh, okay. So that's the one thing the professor at Yale wanted to, like, the students to remember you are at Yale. Your grades aren't everything, your grades are not happiness. And the massive career of success and what you are presented right here is not happiness mm -hmm. right choose wisely this was her thing choose wisely yeah. i think well, yes oh sorry i think um jim carrey said something like i wish everyone could be rich and famous so they could find out 
that it's, you know, not all that great. Right. Exactly. So you have the belief that you're smart, therefore you're going to be successful. Yeah. But really, she's going to be writing the story of what success is. Yeah. What is success. The other thing I see people doing is comparing themselves and thinking like, well, my life isn't that bad. You know, mm-hmm. I shouldn't complain. And I think there's something to even just validating that it's okay to have pain too. Definitely. I see people thinking like, well, I had a pretty good childhood. I shouldn't complain. Right. Huh? I think just realizing that no matter what, what we really should not be judging other people and comparing ourselves to them. They, even if their life seems amazing, they probably is not. Right. Or, like everyone is a human. emotional. There's mental. And again, riches does not equal to happiness. Right. Unless so, under 75,000. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really a state of mind. And it makes sense though. And there, exactly. I'm sure it's like, there are people below that level that are super happy. And right. on the average, like it makes sense. If you get to a certain level, like some of your basic needs are taken care exactly. of. Exactly. Once your basic needs are taken care of. But past that, it's allow all- yourself to thrive. Exactly. Exactly. Acts of kindness, um, meditation, at least 10 minutes a day. Um, is there um, a certain way with meditation? I know there well, are so many kinds of meditation. Well, yeah. It actually just basically tap on some of the basic, whether it is meditation on kindness, may this person be happy, may this person be healthy. If you don't feel uh, positive emotions towards a person, sending happiness to uh, with your thoughts towards a person or just relaxing, there's different mindfulness techniques um, uh, in the course. Um, there is in, intuitive meditation, which um, is basically, um, I like that because it doesn't tell you this is how you should meditate. Mm-hmm. This is a meditation within you, whether it's, I love that. whether it's meditating through painting, painting mm-hmm. through meditation, mm-hmm. whether it's meditation through music, whether it's meditation through creativity, mm-hmm. whether it's through being in Shavasana in meditative state, laying down, that works, that is amazing. However, there isn't one size fits all in meditation. So exploring what works for you, what makes you be within the flow, whether it's within the flow of your breath, Mm -hmm. the flow of creativity, Mm -hmm. the flow of bliss. Uh, So it's being in the flow, trying mm -hmm. to be in the flow as much as you can. You know, I think some people think, well, what are you just going to like float through your life? You're never going to get anything done. That's airy fairy, but it's actually like your life becomes a lot easier, right? right. When you remove exactly. some of those obstacles to your happiness and you appreciate mm-hmm. what is there in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then it's like magic starts happening, right? right? Right. When you, again, that's the savoring. This is when you can be happy really I call the happiness savoring is happiness to me then you can really find to be happy about anything in every moment any moment Mm -hmm. I think I would like to touch on I know we have to go quick but is growth mindset growth mindset basically knowing that your intelligence your success isn't fixed that there is always a time to grow there's always a time to improve that there's the the resilience the getting through things the finding work that's also your calling mm-hmm. finding, finding um 
things to do that give you joy and yes. and being okay to move move on and move forward from what you did and just constantly being in the progressing forward mode. I think that was one of the things that mm-hmm. really stuck to me to the growth mindset concept. It's so important to your brain, right? To just so Mm-hmm. developing and it's a muscle it's a muscle that keeps developing and growing and creating more connections and with that mindset there's really we really can't do anything with that so yeah yep it's all about the mindset for sure mm-hmm. were we can there do any, forever. I know honestly were there any other things you wanted to talk about from the course any other things we haven't hit on um, yeah, like using your signature strengths uh, in a work in work at, at your job or something that feels like a calling reduces depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's that's why I love my job so much. I love my job. Mm-hmm. Um, You're passionate about it. Challenged. I'm passionate about it. I again, if you feel challenged at a job, mm-hmm. that's so good for you. If it's just challenging enough that you want to grow forward. Not overwhelming, but challenging enough to just keep that driving you. Yes. So that leads to satisfaction and overall happiness. Mm-hmm. Yes, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> and our brains are made to constantly evolve, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's that's how it wants to be. And when we get stuck and when we get stagnant and when we're not achieving things, I think that's where we start to have problems. And I, I think it affects our health. Mm-hmm. For sure. There is a, again, there is P&I, right? Yes. Neuroimmunology. It's all connected. Yeah. And do they talk about how like thought patterns or emotions affect health? Um, gratitude gives people more energy. It's energizing. Mm-hmm. Um, it improves social connections to the people around you. So again, also leads more to more happiness. Yeah. Um, definitely a positive, positive thought has been, uh, shown to improve, um, health and, um, vitality. So for sure. Yes. In science. It's proven. Yes, science. <laughs> so there's one thing I want to circle back to because I'm super curious. I teach a lot about tuning into your body and mm-hmm. starting to learn to follow your own inner voice, your intuition. At mm-hmm. the very beginning, when you were talking about you know, most of our intuition is wrong, but that being also the mental chatter, the monkey mind. What do you think about the the intuition that isn't based from fear? I think the intuition is really important. Let me recognize it. Uh, when we stop the monkey brain, mm-hmm. I think allowing ourselves to meditate mm-hmm. and kind of within the meditation, really asking yourself, what is it that I want? What is it that I desire? Mm-hmm. Just allowing yourself to pause and take that time mm-hmm. to not tell yourself you want something or to not expect something of yourself that maybe is not good for you. Mm-hmm. Allowing yourself the space. Uh, again, nature is really, I connect to myself in nature the most. Mm-hmm. Um, in meditation, I slowing down the brain, slowing down the mm-hmm. thinking, the, the garbage happening all the time. Yeah. I think once we practice meditation, we are more likely to recognize intuition from chatter. From the I, think, 
I mean, I don't know if they talked about this. Is there such a thing as the intuition that is more of that calm knowing versus, you know, my mind thinks I should do this. To me, the monkey mind seems more like it's right. from anxiety, yeah. worry, fear. But it's intuitive for us to search for happiness outside of material things. Mm-hmm. Our mind wants to look for meaning somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Our mind wants to find happiness and joy in the things that really do matter. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I liked that in the course, it was mostly... It was lectures with students that go to Yale, so they're really young, they're kids. And so when you look at us having the experience from being older, Mm -hmm. some things are intuitive to us, right? Yeah. But intuition also comes with age and experience. Mm -hmm. And seeing the students' uh, questions and inputs, uh, they're smart kids. Were they taught to have intuition? or let find their intuition? No, they were taught how to be really good at school. Yeah. <laughs> Grades are everything, but yeah, um, smart. And hello, and when she said, your grades mean nothing really to your happiness. They were like, oh, but we are at Yale. Like, yeah, but really yeah. your grades will only make you happy for a few days, but then you'll move on. Durability bias. You think this is going to make you feel happy for a really long time? A couple of days. Yeah, right. It's not the things, it's the it's the internal work that makes all the difference. Yes. Well, I really appreciate you sharing all of that information. That's so fun. We could go into so much more. No, we could go forever. We really could. But I think that was a good start. Thank you so much for being willing to come on the show, talking to us. It was just, that was so fun. It was fun. Yay. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about your brain today that helps you in your life like it helped me. Please be sure and subscribe and leave a review. And of course, be sure and share this podcast with someone you know that wants an unstoppable body and mind.